Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. As Brother Meyer said this morning, it is awesome to be in the house of the Lord this morning. The presence of God has been strong and powerful and wonderful. So happy to see all of you here today. I know it's a holiday weekend, so we do have some folks that are traveling, enjoying family out, uh, out of the area and so forth. Uh, Brother and Sister Kylie have their whole family uh, together, and they're enjoying the weekend, and we're glad that they're able to do that. So, it's wonderful to have you here today. In uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says this. It says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we not faint. And verse 10 says, if we, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You can be seated this morning. So as I began to seek God for this message and, and prepare for all that he's doing in the church right now, I just want to remind everybody, just in case, Jesus Christ is still the head of this church. And he will continue to be the head of this church. As, as my son said a moment ago, there are some changes happening. You may have heard somewhere down the line some things are happening, some changes coming our way. But Jesus Christ is the head of this church. And he will always continue to be the head of this church. And so we seek him and we look for his will. What, is, what does his word say? What is his direction for us? And, and, and what is our purpose and our goal as we move forward? Is to follow him, is to, to, to acknowledge him as the head of our church, the head of our families, the head of our homes, and the, the primary direction that we get is through his word. And as I began to prepare this message, I was thinking about Labor Day and, and, and what Labor Day is all about. It's, a, it's, it's representing all the work and the workers in the, in the United States. There's a lot of depth that I could go into that in the history of that. And we've done that before. But essentially, I got to thinking about it, and I didn't want to be cute, and I didn't want to just throw something in. By the way, we never do that. There's no throwaway services. There's no, it's a holiday weekend, so fewer here. Let's just kick something in, send everybody home to their, to their lunch. Uh, I, so I sought God on this, and, and I wanted to make sure that I was really hearing him because I began, he began to deal with me on the message called A Labor of Love. And so I began to study and, and think about Labor Day and think about laboring in the kingdom and, and what our purpose is, what we're here for. There's a lot of folks right now that I'm, very, I'm certain are kind of still tenuous. Where's this going? Now, Brother and Sister Kylie are going to be, continue to be members here, and they're going to continue to work with me. Brother Kylie and I are glued at the hip still uh, to this day. We've had a wonderful uh, time in, in even recent weeks, some new planning and some new things that we're looking for down the road, and he's going to work with me on that. And we're excited. We're very, very excited about what God is doing, what God has done, and what he's going to do. And it's, it's going to be excellent because God is doing something within the kingdom and in the Wisconsin district specifically, and I hear from pastors and other churches on a regular basis that there's just something that's in the air, that something that God is doing. If you'll turn with me this morning to Ephesians chapter 4, many of you are familiar with this, but I dove in just a little bit deeper, and I was thinking about our labor, our purpose. What are we really here for? What is our labor of love? What is he expecting of us? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 if you can get there, we're going to go all the way down to verse 16. 
Ephesians 4 and 11 says, is it, is it okay if I just teach a little bit today? I, I just feel like I want to teach a little, and I just want to share a little bit as I studied through and, and sought God's word here. Ephesians 4 and 11 says this, and he said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, and many of you, you're, you're saying this right along with me, and that's good. These are great scriptures that we should know. And some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12 says, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I want to stop there for a moment. Many people believe that the sole primary purpose of the church is to evangelize the world. Does that make sense? And and it is really what Jesus said. I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. But the church body collectively, what we're doing right now, we're we're talking to one another. We're, We're doing the work amongst one another For this purpose, he gave us all of those things, prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Now, you understand that evangelists come, we bring guests and so forth, and we we want that evangelist to preach a powerful, fiery message, and and, and, and that person that we bring is going to see that they need a relationship with God, and that's going to happen that way. And that's what we hope for, right? That's what evangelists are to go out into the community and to go out into the world and preach. But where do evangelists go? They come to the church. Isn't that interesting? Right? Billy Sunday used to stand out on the corners and he'd, he'd rail and rant and he'd do all this stuff. If you know who Billy Sunday is, he was during Prohibition and he would, he would shout and spit and holler and all that stuff and, and try to get people to come into tent revivals. But apostles and prophets and, and evangelists and some pastors and teachers, and notice pastors and teachers are together. But as he goes into that list, remember I always say when I talk, God is a God, is a God of order and structure. He puts things in specific order. He puts priorities. He puts authorities over things. Purposely, these, these lists are just not random. As Paul was writing to the Ephesians, he just didn't think of a list and throw a few points in there. These, this is God's order. And so he says, first and foremost, in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints... Well, Pastor Cordell, people can't be perfect. What does that mean? I'm never going to be perfect. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean perfect. It means equipping. It means equipping the saints. These people, these evangelists, these prophets, these pastors and teachers, these things that he brought, first and foremost, are for the perfecting of the saints, to equip you. Equip you for what? For what we assume that the sole primary purpose of the body of the church is and that is to evangelize the world. You see? Now, if we go on to the second point, it says, for the work of the ministry. Okay. Well, we can understand what that is. There are many people in this room, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the state of where we are in the church, the recap of some of the things that have happened since, uh, since we inaugurated the vision and the vision casting that we've done. There are people in many ministries for the ministry of the church. These purposes are ministering back and forth one to another to the needs of the saints. Because see, we're all, just, just as Brother Rob was speaking this morning, so wonderfully, again, powerful 10-10-10 service today. Thank you, Brother Meyer. Again, just getting deep in, into the word and powerful, yes, powerful intercessory prayer. We have to understand that we're, we're broken people. We're in flesh and we have, we have challenges that we face. We've got a spirit inside us that wars back and forth and back and forth. Between, we war with, between the flesh and the spirit dealing with all these things. And we have challenges and we have problems and we make mistakes and we're human beings. And so there's an element to this that is for the work of the ministry amongst one another. And we teach one another and we have Sunday school teachers and we're raising one another up. We have 
just tremendous amount of needs in ministry. But then that next point says this, it says, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, edifying simply means to build up. Okay, so if you look at it this way, equipping, or excuse me, perfecting and edifying is equipping and then building up. And so what we've been doing, what the vision that God has given us is, and by the way, I, I have always been through this process continuously under the authority of my pastor, my senior pastor. All of us are under authority. And so as I sought God and, I, I, and God dealt with me on these things and we talked about these things, we recognized that there's an element in this new vision, this new place that God is taking our church, not my church, his church, our church, our body. I've said many times the pillars are moving down the road. The, the, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire are further down the road than they were. The tents are being picked up and God is telling you, no, there's a new place for the church to be. It's happening everywhere, throughout our district, throughout our country. And so as we started to examine that, the, the, the perfecting or the equipping is the job of the ministry. In other words, it's our job to take the folks, the body, and, and give them the things that we need. I used to say in management, I managed in, in, in the secular world for about 15 years, and I used to say that my prim, the primary purpose of my job is to get the people what they need to be successful and get out of the way. Equip them to do their jobs, to do what they're supposed to do with everything I can give and bestow upon them and teach them, but not be a stumbling block, not be a problem. I needed to get out of the way and let them do what it was that they were purposed to do. And so God's got a call for everybody. God's got a labor for everybody. Do you understand? It's critically important that he's saying that everybody is on board with this labor of love that we need to have. And so here are three points, perfecting, ministry, and edifying. As we look at evangelists and apostles and pastors and teachers, the fivefold ministry as we refer to it, and prophets. Verse 13 goes on to say, till we all come in the unity of the faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Okay? Again, Pastor Meyer, excellent discussion this morning and prayer this morning on the unity of the faith. This was right in my message. And so we're working. We're working to equip. We're working to build one another up. We're working to get us to a place where God can use us at a greater level. But part of that message is we've got to be unified on that purpose. And so for the last several months, a phenomenal team that has surrounded me with support and encouragement and hard work has gotten together and say, yeah, we're unifying. We're starting to bring this thing together. God is speaking to them. I didn't select these people. I didn't say, you are the one I want. I went to God and said, God, we need this team. We need this group. We need this group of evangelists and apostles and pastors and ministers. And, and, and we need to use it to edify, build up, perfect the church so that the church can be doing what it is that the church has purposed to do out there. That evangelizing, to seek and to save that which is lost. See, there was purpose in all this. There's structure in all this. This was built for a reason. This wasn't haphazard. It was a labor of love. And I so much appreciate the people that have gotten on board and said, yes, Brother Cordell, I see the vision that God is laying on you and Brother Kylie and the other pastors and ministers. It's vitally important that we understand that this labor of love, Brother Meyer, has to be unified, as you said. We've got to be together. Goes on to say, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're striving to get to a place that he's got for us. 
And it might take a lifetime. We might never, ever get there until he comes. But that's what we're striving for. What he's saying there, what Paul is saying there is there's a whole lot more that you are capable of, that I am capable of through him, dependent on him, that we're capable of doing in our community. We prayed this morning, thank you, uh, I think it was Sister Tan, I think it was, that, oh no, Sister Cassins brought the attention this morning in our, in our morning prayer uh, at part of our 10-10-10 service. And Brother Schultz is at home today in excruciating pain. And so we came together. For those of you that were in that circle, did you feel the power of what was happening in that? It was incredible. As we united together, hands together, hand in hand, together in a circle, and in one mind, and one accord, prayed powerfully with authority and just unbelievable faith. I believe today, by the way, that Brother Schultz has felt the presence of God. I believe that he has felt relief. I believe we're going to hear a testimony. I really do. Because what after, oh my goodness, Brother Meyer, after you said what you said about the power of intercessory prayer and we're praying for somebody, we had the opportunity right there to intercede for someone. I'm thinking, we don't even have a clue what we're capable of through what God's got for us. And it just, and I just felt that God spoke to me to say, we got to lift our eyes up above the, above the hills. We got to start looking up. We got to start raising our expectations of what we can do, what we're capable of, to have the faith to say, yes, I'm full of the spirit of God. And that if we get together in one mind, in one accord, we can pray a healing for a man who's experiencing excruciating pain so much that he can't even come into the house of God today. Can you believe Alone, you cannot. I believe that. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Alone, by yourself, in and of yourself, I don't believe you can to the extent that you can if you're unified with this body. See, he draws us together. We're a family for a reason. You can have a relationship with God and not ever sit in in an environment like this. It's possible. But he does say, forsake not assembling yourselves. So as we begin to draw together, if you start to really think, if you start to believe and you start to say, yes, this is possible, demand of yourself to say, I believe that in intercessory prayer, we can see a person receive a healing touch right now. That's what he's talking about. That's a labor of love. It takes hard work. It takes concentration. It takes effort and belief and faith. And that early morning prayer, Brother Meyer, folks, you get on the podcast and hear that message. It takes that effort to get to the place where we can say, God, we want to get two, three, four people together and pray for a healing, and God does it. It's a labor of love. It's a labor that says I'm willing to do the extra work. I'm willing to get up a little extra early in the morning. I'm willing to make sure that I've got a concerted prayer time every single day that I'm praying first and then I'm getting into the word of God every single day. If you understand that if you begin to do that and you invest yourself in that and you begin to believe your faith will grow, you'll come to a place where you think, I know that if we pray together, this is gonna happen. In Jesus' name. But you've got to believe, and you've got to do the work. I want to see people healed. I'd love it. I'd love it, not for my glory, 
Not for, for any, I don't want fame and fortune. I just want to see people healed. I want to see people that are hurting desperately healed. But you have to understand there's a labor. There's an investment that we've got to make together to do it. I know it. I seek God for it all the time because it's what I'm being taught. Because I've got pastors and apostles and prophets and evangelists that are coming together and teaching in this congregation, teaching the people, equipping us to do it, perfecting us and building in ministry and building in the edifying of the church, building us up and equipping at the same time. And I believe it, and I see it. Oh, folks, I've got a long way to go. Oh, boy, I've got a long way to go. I don't know anything. Brother Kylie's been in the ministry for 41 years. Incredible, incredible man of God. What he's weathered over the years and what he's done and the love that he has for people. Verse 14 says this, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. So here's our next point. As we're being equipped and we're being built up and we're being taught the doctrine of the word of God. Again, you don't see a heavy thrust talking about running out and running outreach programs and doing things and evangelizing. This, this thrust of this right now is about equipping and perfecting the saints, building them up and equipping them, preparing them not to be deceived by silly doctrines that exist out there, but the doctrines that are the word of God. Why? Because it armors you and it strengthens you and it builds your faith. For what? For what purpose? So that you can then go out into the world by the word of your testimony and the blood of the lamb is how we'll overcome. That's how this thing works. Every one of you has a testimony. Every one of you has a word. Every one of you has a story, a powerful, faithful story that you've experienced in your life. You understand that's the labor of love. I have it too, by the way. That, I'm not precluded or excluded from that just because I carry a little bit of a different title than you. As a matter of fact, I have more. The Bible says I have a double responsibility to take that message out. And I do. There's a man that I'm witnessing to right now, someone that I dearly, dearly care about, 72-year-old man, wonderful. His wife, he and his wife are sweet, wonderful people talking to him, every time I get a chance, he, he'll pull me aside, he'll talk to me, he'll call me, he'll say something, and he'll start talking. Well, the other day, I got a chance to talk to him, and he said, can I ask you how membership works in your church? My, my, my heart just about leapt out of my chest. Well, <laughs> but I began to talk with him. This, this man and I have talked on several occasions and just, I feel the presence of God. I feel the anointing and the words that I say. It's not mine. But he began to weep and just cry and say, I love to talk with you. What is it about you? And I just said, but it's, it's the Holy Ghost. It's Jesus living in my life. And I want you to have that. So he began to ask me questions about membership. He comes from a traditional faith background where they, they send somebody over to your house and sit, sit you down and say, can you tell me how much you and your wife make? Yeah. I'm not kidding. This was the question. This was what was said. And he said, well, this is what we make. And then this person said, well, by, so you understand then that by standard that, that we're going to expect you to contribute this much to the church. Do you understand that? And this gentleman said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, um... If we had disabled children and we were spending a lot of money of, of our income to pay for their care and their medical care and, and, and for therapy and for their health, would that number change with you? And the person speaking to him and said, no, that doesn't matter. 
Now, I will say this, if you look at the technical principle of the word of God on what tithing is and all that kind of stuff, first fruits and everything, you could make a case that is something you could say that it doesn't matter. However, in that situation, in that environment, that is entirely between he and God, and you would never use that as a pre-qualifier for someone to come to church. So I'm listening to this story, and he's deeply hurt. As a matter of fact, he said, shortly after that, I said, sir, can you leave my home? And the, the guy was flabbergasted, and, and, and again, he said, I'm going to ask you a second time, and I'll use the same tone I used the first time, can you please get up from my table and leave my home? And he walked that person out and never attended back at that church again. So here I am. I'm thinking, wow. I mean, how do we answer this question? And I feel my teaching. I feel my brother Kylie relationship. I feel a teaching of 37 years in the church. But I feel a Holy Ghost. And I looked at him and I said, bud, we don't qualify you. We want you to come and qualify us. Because the Bible says that by the Spirit of God, all men are drawn. I want you to come and qualify my church and see if it's God that's calling you to tell you that this is your home. And he looked at me and he stepped back and he said, wow, I've never heard that before. I said, the first thing I would do is encourage you to get into a Bible study. We've got a wonderful Bible study teacher. We hold a, a breakout session class uh, uh, we're calling them life, life uh, excuse me, um, <laughs> just lost my thought. We call them life connect classes. And, and uh, I said I would encourage you to get involved in this Bible study because where we hear from God primarily is through his word. And as you learn and understand, we just share the word of God with you and what our approach is and God will speak to you through that. And then if you really are getting intrigued and you feel like there's more to it, then I would encourage you to take Beth, our foundations class, and that's where you get a little bit deeper into the word of God. But see, it's got to be between you and God. And so you come and you qualify us. And he just, he stepped back and he said, that sounds fantastic. But see, that, that message, I've never said that to anybody before in my life. But I've had that foundation. I've had those apostles and those teachers and those pastors and that teaching and all of this edifying and equipping and building up that you have given me. Some of you in this room, in this very room, uh, from the time I was a child in some cases, equipping and building and, and teaching. And so when the time was when the Holy Ghost moved, that was the answer I gave. I'm believing God, by the way, that this, this, this family will be here in our, in, our, in our church very soon. In Jesus' name. Verse 15 says, But speaking the truth... In love, and that's all I was doing in that case. I just love this guy. I love him to death. He's wonderful. Just speak the truth in love and may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. 16 says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now that's very complicated Pauline language and it simply says this. The whole body's gotta be fit together. These joints that hold my thumb and fingers and elbow and all that stuff have to be fit together in order for me to fu be functioning properly because if they were all loose and some things were going this way and parts of the body were hanging out over here that they didn't belong or doing some things that they weren't supposed to do if my body wasn't doing it. And unfortunately, there are afflictions in this world that do that to people. 
and, and they don't function properly and it's very difficult, but I, if these joints weren't fit together, if, if these things weren't functioning, I'd, I'd be a jello, I'd be laying on the floor perhaps. You see, the body's got to be fit together, all the joints working together, all the pieces in unity working together for this purpose under the head of Christ. That's what he's saying. You see? And that's what we're continuing to build in, in, in this new generation of leaders and, and, and people that we brought up. And I want to go into that just briefly here with you. I won't bore you very, with this very much, this technical stuff, and I'll jump back into my message. But I just want to talk to you a little bit about this message, this, this, this vision that God gave me very early on of a pastor board uh, dividing the church from, from, from west to east into pastoral departments. This is a vision God gave me. I sought him in fasting and prayer. And as he began to speak to me, I sketched it out and I drew everything out. And I said, God, whatever you want me to do with this, but who's going to do this? And how is this going to work? And how are we going to do all this? And and as it all began to come together, one after another, as as God led me to hearts and hearts came to me and said, yeah, I want to do this. This is how this, this, this should be done. And I put this together and I have a fantastic uh, pastor board. Now, Brother Kylie, of course, is our bishop. He's, he's my guide and, and, and my mentor, and he always will be. And, and, but, I, but I've been afforded the opportunity to build this team, to begin building and jointly fitting together the message that God has given for this church. I hope you can believe me. I hope you know that I sought God in every aspect of this. And, and each one of these men confirmed in me their feeling and God's direction in this. It was unified. First and foremost, my sanctuary, our sanctuary pastor, Brother Rob Meyer, who's doing a phenomenal job in our 10-10-10 service and working with the, the sanctuary operations and our music ministry and the people that work under them. And so there are directors under them, and, 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 and like Sister Angela, director of music, and uh, Brother Jeff, who's directing our, our, our sound and, and, and these different departments. And we're, we're slowly bringing together and coming together with all that so there's a unified flow of how everything works together and how it's going to impact the people that are brought into this sanctuary, the most important place in the entire church when it comes to evangelizing. And so I've been so thankful for Brother and Sister Meyer and just their encouragement and working together, sharing ideas. We were just on the phone this week, if you don't mind my saying, Brother Meyer, just talking about some of the near future coming and some ministry that we want to share with you. And I'm so excited about that. It's, it's just, God is just working in each one of those areas in building relationships, building trust, building a direction, giving us vision. Our impact ministries, Brother Mike Meyer, and Sister Robin, thank you so much for what they've already done. Our, we, we consider our hospitality and our guest ministries. Everything in the foyer out there is our impact ministries. Why? Because everybody knows that the first impression, the first thing that happens when somebody comes into the church is, is their biggest impact, right? And, and so when guests come in, they're greeted by phenomenal greeters and, and our guest center folks and, and, and just all of the things that Bro- Brother Meyer is already bringing to this. They meet every Sunday morning faithfully, get together in the hospitality suite, and they pray about every guest that potentially walks in this house ready to serve, ready to seek what God's got for them. Folks, do you understand? That's powerful. It's wonderful and he's uniting that team together and they're working together and guess what? They're in concert with the sanctuary pastor and what's happening in here and the ushers and all the people that are impacting our guests. Isn't that neat? Brother James Bigley, I don't know if he's here this morning, he might be traveling this weekend but Oh, he is here. There he is, way back over there. Our building administration pastor who has taken a tremendous load off of my back 
in terms of the old administrator duties that I did. Uh, he's got everything working in a system, every filter of every furnace, every light bulb, everything that's going on in this building, ordering, picking up things, taking care of the house of God. I don't know how many bathroom things he's fixed over the last couple of months, but he's always here, always working diligently and leading a team. We call them the Smiths. It's, it's from Second Kings, but we call the team the Smiths. Uh, Brother Carini, who just, by the way, I don't know if you realize, but this entire room is now all LED lit. Every one of these light fixtures was 600 watts, draining thousands and thousands of dollars out of the church every year. And at his behest, and at his idea, he got together and he replaced all of these with LEDs and new switches and things like that. You didn't know that, did you? Wonderful works. And please don't be offended by my highlighting of a person or two here and there. And, I, and I'm sorry if, if you're doing a great and marvelous work and I don't say your name. Please understand that's not what this is about. I, I'm just so very thankful for this labor of love. And that's not the only thing that Brother Carini's done. We have, a, we have a security system on our doors because of Brother Carini. We have a camera system on, in, in the building protecting us because of his work. And, and with virtually no compensation, mind you. Dedicating it from his heart, a labor of love for the kingdom. And for the house of God, under Brother Bibili's tutelage. Amen. Brother John Matson, our discipleship pastor, coming up. Passionate, passionate about the Word of God and teaching doctrine and working with me as we established getting our Bible study breakout session together. Brother and Sister Barningham uh, in our foundations, Joel and Amanda Meyer in our Bible study dedicating themselves, saying, yes, we want to be a part of this. We want to be ready to receive as these folks want to be in a Bible study. There's a program going right now, instructing and teaching and edifying and equipping the saints in that effort. Our student ministries pastor, Ron Matucci, doing a fantastic job. Student ministries is on fire. That department is, is in revival. Our, our student pastor, brother and sister, Cordell, Kyle and Brianna doing a wonderful job with their youth, working together. They're in unison at all times, taking these little ones, teaching them the word of God. Parents are commenting back to them. My little one comes home and demands that we pray over our meal. Or they sit, in the, they sit on the floor in their house and they're playing with their toys and they're teaching them scriptures. Yo, Barbie, did you know that the Bible says you have to be baptized in Jesus' name? Or something like that. <laughs> right? And finally... Brother Mike Kiley, one of my best friends for probably, well, must be 30-some years, heading over what would be our outreach ministries department, currently working with some of those efforts now as we're planning and developing. There's been a lot of discussion about outreach over the last number of, of, of months, and it's, it's, it's gotten me off my, my uh, track a couple of times because I thought, yes, I go to God and I say, God, what... We, we got to outreach, we got to minister, we got to evangelize, we got to get out to folks. What, what is your plan? What is it that you're doing? And, and, and I just, God would come back and he'd say, you're not ready yet. You're not ready to receive them yet. There's more to be done. And what he was talking about was this scripture in Ephesians chapter four. We've got to build and equip the saints. These teams are starting to come together, but we're not quite there. Things just weren't there at the moment. He said, no, we've got to build up more. We've got to reach out more. We've got to find out who's sitting out there that has a passion to serve, but just doesn't know how to step out and say, Brother Cordell, I want to serve. There's something that God's put on my heart. What can I do? He just has, they just haven't had that opportunity yet. 
And over the course of this transition under the tutelage of Brother Soto, who's been our guide in transition, it was law at the beginning. No new ministries, no new programs, nothing during the course of transition for one year. You cannot get into any more of these different programs because you've got to focus on what you're doing right now and get very good at what you're doing right now and treat the people that are serving in your house right now. Build them, equip them, make sure that they have what they need. Are they happy? Are they in the right place? Should they be someplace else if they want to? What's their passion? Brother Dennis Matucci, my great friend, came to me and he said, Brother Cordell, I just don't feel it anymore for the men's ministry. I don't feel like I have the oil, but my wife and I are so passionate about the impact ministries. I would really like to be a part of that. That's really where our heart is. And guess where God led me to? Brother Bill Hemingway, who a few months before that, I believe he told me, he said, I would have never led a ministry. He's never done that before. But I want to tell you that Brother Hemingway has a deep, abiding passion for the men's ministry and has already done some wonderful things, both in, in, in ministry, in our prayer breakfast on Saturday mornings, and then some things that brought some guys together, gave opportunity for other people to invite men to something a little bit more social. Wonderful job. Picked up right where Brother Matucci left off and did some fantastic programs. But see, those two guys just had two different passions, two different things that they wanted to do, and now they're tightly fit. They're jointly fit where they're supposed to be according to what God has called them to do. You see? Labor of love. Now, don't get me wrong. Brother Matucci was excellent at the men's leadership. I was sad to see him go. I thought he did a wonderful job. But in here, it's not what God had for him for here. And so it was our job as a leadership team to help him make that happen and make that transition. And we've got many things coming. Many things coming under those, under those different departments and those directors. Heidi Lauersdorf and Andrea Matson stepped up, said, we really want to help you, Brother Cordell, with these events and these special things that are going on. And they, they helped kick off our Launchpad Luncheon just a couple of months, months ago. And that's for people who are relatively new members but haven't been connected yet. And we held a luncheon. And many of you leaders came and represented your departments and loved those folks and appreciated them and let them know that they're family and that they belong here. And it was a wonderful day. And they've done an excellent job. Wonderful decorating. Incredible. The meal was excellent. The whole event was excellent. Set up and done extremely well. It's clear. It's a love labor for them. It's a passion that they have. So God, I'm going to get back into the word now. There's more I could say and there's more that I could do, but you'll, you'll, you'll get enough of it coming up in the next few months as we begin to reach out again. The point of all of that is it's up to us to use our gifts. And God is putting out a call to action like never before. It's not time for us to sleep. It's not time for us to be retired. There are people that are in this room right now that have been in the church for many, many years and are serving right alongside people who have not. There are people who've been in this church for many years that have tremendous amounts of wisdom. You've heard me talk about a couple things we're putting together. After the new year, we're gonna be, I'm going to be working with uh, our elders council and getting that put together. We have a tremendous source of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and ministry that's right here with us. And, and, and it can offer a, an incredible oversight, incredible blessing to our church. The Bible says we're to honor them and to embrace them and hear from them. We're going to do that. We're going to get together and we're going to make sure that all the parts of the body are fitting jointly together. Romans chapter 12, if you can turn there, starting at verse 6. 
going to read the KJV version, King James, and I'm also going to read you the NIV because I think it just kind of laid it out just a little bit better for a quick read. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6 says this, it says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now the NIV version says it this way, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. It's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now it doesn't say, and for those of you that don't have any gifts, you just sit tight and and be a spectator. Come on now. We're all given gifts, but not only are we expected to use them, but we're expected to use them to the best of our ability. That's what he said. That's what that's basically saying. If you're going to show mercy, do it cheerfully. If you're going to teach, then teach. If you're going to give, then give generously. You understand? We all have these gifts that have been given unto us. Now, if you believe that that scripture simply means gifts of the Spirit in things in the spiritual world and speaking and prophesying, it does not mean that entirely. It's talking about abilities. Every single one of you has the ability to step up and participate in the kingdom, to be part of the body that's fitly joined together. And I'm encouraging you today, begin to speak to God. Seek your labor of love. What is it that God's got on your heart to do? What is it that he's driving you? What is it that you can offer, regardless of your situation, regardless of what your abilities are? I don't care about education. I don't care about background. I don't care about any of that stuff. What matters the most is that something that's on your heart that God has given you to do, a talent and an ability that you can bring. Because I tell you what, folks, you're my brothers and you're my sisters, and I would not want to see any one of you be the person who's hiding their talent under a bushel. Well, Brother Cordell, I just have this one thing that I can do, but I just don't think you're going to like it. I don't think it's the way you want things done. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't that sound a lot like the the servant who hid a talent under a bushel and came back and said, well, I, I thought you'd be mad. I thought you wouldn't like it if I did this and I didn't do it right. And the Bible says the master was wroth. He took the talent away from him and gave it to somebody else. We don't want to be that person. What I'm saying to you is the time is now that God is calling you to a labor of love no matter what it is that you're able to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 27. Says it this way. You're going to hear some repetition here. Paul taught it to more than one place. Speaking to the Corinthians, Paul says, Now, Ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Now listen to verse 28, very important. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing. Now listen, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. 
Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And that speak with tongues meaning a tongue's message, not you're in, in filling of the Holy Ghost. Do all the speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Now, the NIV version says it this way. Again, just a little bit easier to read. It says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tugs. Bible, excuse me, Sunday school teachers, do you think you're helpers of guidance? 29 says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. That means the best gifts, means the ones that you are capable of. Because we all don't do all the same thing. But see, the underlying point in that scripture is this, that we all do something. Do you get that part? We're not all prophets and teachers and all miracles. We don't all do tongues and interpretations, but we all do something. And that's what the critical point of this. I will not apologize for that statement. I will not retract it. I will not accept the idea that somebody is meant to sit and do nothing. God's world is not a spectator sport. I'm sorry. And I say that for the benefit of the person who may believe that to be true. Not because I'm criticizing, not because I'm critical, but because I'm imploring you. God's got awesome things for you. God, God has incredible blessing for you if you're willing to step up and share that one talent or those two talents or those ten talents, whatever it may be. This church still has needs for talents and abilities. We haven't filled all the roles and all the holes God's church, I'm talking about now, not just the physical body here, but I'm talking about the ministry that needs to happen. Whatever God's given for you to do, whether it's leadership or support or a special talent, an ability that you have, whatever. I so appreciate, uh, Brother Mitchell, I believe, is here this morning. He came back. He hadn't played his horn for a long time. But I saw him with his horn here last week, I believe it was. He just, he just wants to share his talent. He just wants to worship with it. He told me he's got a little work to do. He's got some warming up to do and getting things back in tune. That's fine. But he wants to give. He wants to share that talent. He's got other talents, but that's one that he wants to give God. Remember this promise, too, that comes, that comes with this. Colossians 3 and 23 and 24. Wonderful. And it says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. What a greater and wonderful possible thing could you participate in than to bring your talent or your ability to him and to use it for him, to share a labor of love for the kingdom. You can stand with me this morning if we can have our musician. It's been a long road over the last year or so, two years for me, a year for you. It's been a lot of work that's been done as Pastor Kylie and I and 
our pastor board and our ministry leaders and our directors have sought God and looking for the direction he has this new place for us. Brother Kylie and I in lockstep together, moving down the road, just continually seeking God, seeking God, seeking God. And there's been some little confusion, there's been some misunderstanding, and there's been some, there's challenges. There's things that happen that make it difficult to understand. There's, not, it, there's so much happening, it's difficult to communicate all of it. But I'm asking you today, just, if you could just have faith, just remember that Jesus Christ is the head of this church, not Rick Kylie or Russ Cordell or Steve or Michael or Pastor Meyer. Jesus is the head of this church. We seek him in fasting and prayer and guidance every day, every day. But I want to tell you, there's some things to be excited about. There's opportunities that are coming. There are going to be people that are coming into this church. And you have a testimony. You have power within you. Maybe some of you don't even really recognize or believe in yourself yet. But I want to tell you that part of my ministry moving forward is that Ephesians chapter 4 ministry. I want to help to equip you. And if that means helping you in your mind begin to believe and see and understand that you can be powerful in the kingdom, for every one of you that said no one will ever come to church if I ask them, you've given up on that idea, that's wrong. I cast that out in the name of Jesus. That's the devil's message. For every one of you that said, I just don't have anything to give, I don't make much money, I don't, I don't have very many talents, that's wrong. And I cast that out. And a great part of my mission moving forward in the next several months and on into the future is going to be to help you, help to equip you, help to build you up and believe in you. That you are capable, more capable than you realize when you've got the Spirit of God inside you. 1 Corinthians chapter, and I'm closing with this, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 58 says this. Beautiful scripture. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. You know what steadfast means? You just keep on moving forward. Keep on taking a step forward. So many days I pray to God, God, what do you want me to do? This isn't working this way. This happened, this situation, whatever it is. And so many times I hear that still small voice just say, just keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward, Russ. Just keep moving forward. Stay the course. Be steadfast. Unmovable. Pretty simple. Don't let anybody knock you off your game. Don't let the enemy tell you you're not capable. Don't let them get you sidetracked. Don't give up. Be unmovable on your focus on the King of kings and the Lord of lords and what he's got for you. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. You know that abounding means? It means doing it with verve. It means doing it with fire. It means doing it with some real passion. Abounding in the work of the Lord. If you're going through the motions, if you're struggling through the day, if it's not what you want to do, then we need to talk. Let me help you. But don't show up and just go through the motions. That's not good for you. And I wouldn't want that for you. Be abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There's a promise waiting for us. If we get to work and we work hard, we're not going to miss it. We're not going to miss his will and what he's got for us. And we're not going to miss the kingdom that's ahead of us. If we get to work and we embrace our own labor of love. Open this altar this morning. You can walk down, step, stand, kneel. Just talk to God for a little while. I'm encouraging you this morning. Please plant this seed in your heart because I need you. God needs you. The church needs you. 
The person standing on either side of you needs you because they might just have something that you can fulfill in their lives. There might be something you can minister to that person if you just be willing to speak out and share. This altar is open this morning. God bless you. Enjoy your Labor Day. I love and appreciate everyone in this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your dedication, for your work, and for your labor of love. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.